I'm just on uh, social media here. I'm just going through Instagram and black square after black square after black square. It is Blackout Tuesday, and many people sharing just black squares or black rectangles. If you're on Twitter, if you're so geogra- so uh, ge- <laughs> so inclined from a geo ge- geometry point of view, this is why I was terrible in math in school. Uh, interesting. Interesting. I I'm not sure what that all adds up to. I, I want to play for you the prime minister this morning. Uh, he was asked about the situation in the United States, the actions of Donald Trump. And after he was asked, there was a a 22-second pause before he began his answer. And I'm not going to play you the pause because, you know, I I can screw up my own radio program and put dead air, you know, on air. I don't have to wait for the prime minister to do it. But give you a sense, it's just a very long time to just stand there and look blankly into the camera. Some people suggesting he was trying to make a point with that pause. But nevertheless, here is a uh, section of his answer. It's a bit of a longer clipper, but it's important to play. Here is what he actually said when he did answer the question. We all watch in horror and consternation what's going on in the United States. It is a time to pull people together, but it is a time to listen. It is a time to learn what injustices continue despite progress uh, over years and decades. But it is a time for us as Canadians to recognize that we too have our challenges, that black Canadians and racialized Canadians face discrimination as a lived reality every single day. There is systemic discrimination in Canada, which means our systems treat Canadians of color, Canadians of racial life differently than they do others. It is something that many of us don't see, but it is something that is a lived reality for racialized Canadians. We need to see that, not just as a government, and take action. But we need to see that as Canadians. We need to be allies in the fight against discrimination. We need to listen, we need to learn, and we need to work hard to fix, to figure out how we can be part of the solution on fixing things. That is Justin Trudeau speaking this morning, and apologies for the poor audio quality there. But you get a sense of what the Prime Minister was saying and a couple of the terms that he was Uh, saying there, uh, we need to be allies, we need to be focused on fixing things. To get a better better reaction to what people of color might be thinking when they hear the Prime Minister speak like that, or what they might be thinking when they see their social media feed full of black squares, I am pleased to welcome to the program writer and co-host of The Cultured Show, which airs on this radio station on the weekends, B. Kwame joins me. B., how are you? Hi, I'm all right, thank you. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Let's begin with that term, ally. When you hear that from the Prime Minister or from other white Canadians, what do you make of it? Well, you know, I think for the majority of people, considering themselves an ally or working towards being an ally is uh, very well-intentioned. One thing that gives me pause, though, is I feel some people think that being an ally is a step above being a regular, decent human being. Um, And 
I think that that can kind of limit people on choosing whether or not they want to do the things that are required of being an ally. When I look at the things that allies do, these are things that I think regular, decent human beings who believe in equity and equality should just be doing anyways. It shouldn't have a special term. Uh, So, you know, allyship, this is a question that I'm getting a lot, especially in the past week. What does allyship look like? And how can people, um, particularly white people, be good allies? And if people want to think about ways to incorporate uh, some of those things into their daily lives, there are so many different ways to go about it. I've seen images from the protests in the U.S. where there have literally been barricades of white people standing in front of black people who are protesting to to kind of create a buffer between them and the cops. Uh, I have seen people who have used their own platforms to give space for black folks to be able to express themselves. I have seen white people who have done their own, um, you know, anti-black racism learnings and unlearnings gather other white people and say, let me teach you what I've learned so that we don't continue to burden black people with explaining why their humanity is important. Um, I think it's really important that, the voice and and considering black people or other people of color to be voiceless, I I think we should really do away with that when we consider ourselves or when we think of people being allies. The writer Arundhati Roy has a quote that I love, and she says, there's really no such thing as the voiceless. There are only the deliberately silenced or the preferably unheard. So I think ultimately a major thing that people can do to be allies is give space for voice. Don't consider people voiceless. Everybody's got a voice, but there are people who are not being heard. So we need space to be heard. Writer and activist Desmond Cole was on this radio program yesterday, and I asked him pretty much the same question about that term. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was very critical of it, uh, especially as he perceived it to be something that white Canadians or white Americans, you know, is, is a term that we proclaim our, for ourselves to make ourselves mm-hmm. somehow feel better. And I take your point that it's, it's just about being a good, a good human. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I, I totally agree with Desmond's point because there have been many faltering steps with uh, white people proclaim, proclaiming to be allies only to have, you know, their kind of non-ally behavior put on the jumbo screen for everybody to see. Right now, we're, we're seeing a lot of uh, statements from uh, corporations and organizations who are speaking out and showing support in various ways, some better than others, uh, with what's happening right now and standing up to support black employees and black customers and black creators. But that invariably brings about kind of a knee-jerk reaction where people are pulling out the uh, the proof that they were not always like this or that they currently are not like this. So you're seeing companies that are proclaiming that Black Lives Matter and people are saying, well, how many black folks do you have on staff? So I think it goes beyond being an ally just in this moment. This is a systemic thing, and the work to undo the issues is systemic. So it's great that organizations that are primarily led or or staffed by white folks are speaking up, but that's just the one step, and we're waiting to see what is going to be next. I'm speaking with B. Kwame, who is the uh, co-host of The Cultured Show. What do you make of uh, blackout Tuesday and the black squares that are filling all of our social media feeds. Yeah, that's it, it's been interesting because I originally heard about Blackout Tuesday a few days ago uh, as something that was being organized through the music industry. 
And this was something that I saw music executives and people from different uh, record companies stating they were going to take part in um, as music is such a huge cultural component of blackness around the world. Uh, the music industry felt that this was a way for them to take uh, to take a stand and to draw some attention to various things within the industry. What's happened is your average everyday person has also taken advantage of that idea. And again, with well-intentioned. But what is beginning to happen now is people are tagging these black squares with the hashtag Black Lives Matter to show support. But all that's doing is pushing down all of the important information, the important resources, the important documentation that has been shared over the past week at least with that hashtag, all of that's pushed down. Because if you look at the Black Lives Matter hashtag on Instagram right now, all you see is black squares. And to be in the middle of uh, civil unrest and uprising, uh, it's, it's a voting day in certain states in the U.S. And to have the Black Lives Matter hashtag essentially be blacked out is something that I have a big problem with. So I at least urge people to ensure that if they are going to participate, do not tag Black Lives Matter because it's just continuing to uh, contribute to the erasure of, of the situation. You, you talked about the way that corporations have, you know, made statements, some better than others. You know, for example, I, I pointed out that the Toronto Board of Trade, the Toronto Regional Board of Trade, tweeted a black rectangle this morning. And I'll, okay. I'll also, also point out that this radio station, our, our Instagram on AM640, we, we put a black square on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, just, I just wonder if you could talk more about that. Right. Just You, you know what it is? It's... It feels performative. And one of the things that I get very weary of, not just with corporations, but with individuals as well who are taking part, is that this does feel like a way to show solidarity and it does feel like a way to be on the right side of what's happening. But that leaves too much room for people to think that that's enough. It's enough to just post the black square. It's enough to just tag Blackout Tuesday or Black Lives Matter. And people can feel good about that. Uh, people feel they've accomplished something by doing that. But in truth, that, that doesn't accomplish anything. What's going to happen tomorrow? Tomorrow's not Blackout Wednesday. So what are people who are putting up these black squares and what are organizations and companies who are putting up these black squares today? What are they doing tomorrow? What are they doing next week? What are they doing when all of this dies down at some point and it seems like we get back to life as usual? So I think that the, the companies and, and the folks who I've seen that have been doing this the right way have maybe been posting their black squares, but they've been talking about who they're donating money to. They've been talking about how they're amplifying black voices. They've been talking about changes that they've made within their own company structure and organizational structure for equity and equality. Not just posting a black square. That's not enough. So, I, right. I I feel like Amy Cooper, you know, of course, the the mm-hmm. white woman who who called the police. That if that had not happened and been caught on video, that I, I kind of feel like she could be posting a black square today. But yet, still a week <laughs> later, you know, try and call the police on, on an African American man. That's that's an excellent point. That's a really excellent point because I think people feel very complacent if they, uh, you know, feel that well, I'm liberal, so. I I have liberal thoughts, so of course I'm for fairness and for equality. Uh, But when, you know, when the rubber hits the road and you really got to show your true colors, something else might come out. So I think that exactly as you said there, somebody like Amy Cooper could definitely be posting a black square today if we didn't know her name beforehand. 
Uh, and I think people really need to interrogate. And if white people want to be good allies, they need to interrogate that about themselves. They're posting the black square today, but are you having difficult conversations with family members when they say racist comments? Are you having difficult conversations with friends when they say those things? So again, it goes beyond the moment. B. Kwame is the host of uh, Cultured, which can be heard on the weekends on this radio station. She's also a writer and a contributor to a number of different platforms. Be great to talk to you. Thank you so much for being on, and please stay safe. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.